Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist, family nurse practitioner, and chief nursing officer at Nurse.org. And on today's show, I want to talk about following your passion. You know, you've heard it a lot, right? Do what you love, love what you do. If you do what you love, then you'll never work a day in your life, which as a nurse, we know that's not true. However, you know, we've heard stories of how you really should find what it is that you most value, you enjoy, um, that you're passionate about and do that type of work. Now, I don't know if it's always that easy because sometimes there's a journey to getting there. And recently I did a podcast about how I went from a CNA to an LVN to an associate's degree nurse to a bachelor's degree nurse to my master's degree becoming a CNS and then doing a post-master's and becoming a nurse practitioner. Those were things that I needed to do to advance my career in nursing because nursing was what I was most passionate about. It's the work that I wanted to do. I love taking care of people. I love optimizing the care. I love rescuing people. I love making people feel comfortable, less pain, less stress, and to better understand what's going on with them. And so during that educational journey, mind you, it was not easy, was not easy. And in fact, was super challenging. I met tons of roadblocks, tons of obstacles. Every reason that said presented itself that I shouldn't advance or move forward presented itself. But I, because I was so passionate about the work, because I was so determined and so destined to do this type of work, I was able to do all the types of workarounds, move beyond it, jump around it, jump above it, crawled under it, whatever I needed to do, but I got through it and passed it and I'm doing the work that I'm doing now. Because I was so passionate, I was like a sponge. I was ready to absorb any information, anything that I could learn that could make me a better clinician, a better practitioner. Some of you may recall the reason why I went into nursing is because my dad died of a massive heart attack. And hindsight, we saw that there were several gaps in his care, the communication between him and the care provider along with our family. There were things that weren't explained properly. There were treatments and therapies and surgeries that perhaps weren't offered at the earliest opportunity. And also when he was in the hospital, I just felt the confusion and the chaos. And I feel like he was not served properly. I wanted to fix that. I was like, "Mm -mm, not on my watch. This will not be happening to anyone else, especially if I have something to do with it. So if I'm on duty, it ain't happening. So I set out to be the best cardiac nurse in the world. And by the way, I think I'm pretty damn close to it, if not it. I'm gonna pop my collar on that one. But anyways, following my passion, right? So my question to you who are listening, are you following your passion, right? 
like when I meet people, whether they're in the same profession as I am, let's say they're in healthcare, maybe they're in business or finance or, you know, education, some, anything. I, I always like to ask people, you know, kind of in small talks, oh, what, tell me what you do. Okay. Do you love what you do? And sometimes that question kind of takes people off guard. They're like, do I love what I do? Some of them are, you know, are quick to answer like, yes. And some of them are like, Mm-mm, this is just passing the time away until I can get to X, Y, and Z. And then those cases, then I'll ask people, so what's your dream job? If you could create a job, what would that job be? So I think these are very important questions because it's important that in whatever line of work that you're in, that you experience some form of satisfaction, that you enjoy the work that you're doing, because that's going to make you feel whole. Actually, that's going to provide you the stamina to continue doing the work that you're doing. If you feel like you know what, I'm making a difference, I'm solving problems, I'm helping people, or I'm advancing XYZ's agenda. And that's going to make you feel good. And you want to feel good about the work that you do. I can't tell you how many times I've been at work and maybe it's an assignment that I really didn't want. It was a struggle shift. Let me tell you, struggle shift. Now I'm there because I got to be there, but it was not at all aligned with what I want to do, which by the way, I had a CNS position where I covered cardiac services and the neuroservices. Okay. Cardiovascular, neuro, stroke. Got it. And there was a little bit of orthopedics, not too many, but okay. I can do occasional hip surgery and this, this, that covered that unit. But then the hospital I was working at wanted to partner with another hospital and grow their ortho program. And so here I was in all of these meetings, having to learn about ortho stuff. And I'm like, this is not the jam. This is not for me. You know, not much longer after that, I started to find a lot of dissatisfaction in work. I was not enjoying it, didn't want to show up, was not feeling good, felt like the day was dragging and was not excited about the work. And that started to present in the quality of work that I would do. I mean, not not that I ever turned in it, you know, did any poor quality of work. What I'm saying is it wasn't the best. It wasn't like I didn't have all the bells and whistles, which is what I would normally do. And that's because orthopedics is not my passion. It's not my jam. Now, I love all the North ortho nurses who are out there. We appreciate you. We need you, but it's just not my thing. So I'm glad that you're there. But to get back to following your passion, it's so important that we follow our passion. Now, I want to address the mantra that says that if you do what you love, you'll never have to work another day in your life. Ah, uh, Not true, because even when you love what you do, these are usually things in areas where perhaps even if you weren't getting paid as much as you were, you'd probably still do it because there's some, something else that's satisfying you, whether it is the fact that you're helping people, that you're meeting a need, that you're being appreciated. There's something there that's not money that's making you feel satisfaction in that. But now, while I'm going to tell you to follow your passion, what I'm not going to tell you to do is to quit your day job, to pursue your passion full time without a backup plan. Okay, because one of the things that I don't want to see people do is to prematurely try to circumvent their journey to get to an outcome that they desire. So what do I mean by that? I mean, for example, you just finished nursing school, you just passed your NCLEX and, you know, you're now eligible to work as a registered nurse somewhere. But you also have this passion of becoming this online health coach because you love fitness, you love helping people with meal prepping and things like that. Listen, I'm not saying not to do that, but what I'm saying is sometimes, sometimes we are placed in a position, we are given a task, 
we are presented opportunities that we must do in order to get to the next level. So I like to think of, I don't know if I'm going to date myself, but I don't know if y'all remember the movie Karate Kid, where the main character had to, you know, in order, he wanted Mr. Miyagi to teach him all these karate moves because he wanted to be in this competition and beat this one guy who kept picking on him and stuff like that. And Mr. Miyagi was having him do housework. Like, okay, I need you to paint the walls. And he had kind of this upward, downward motion with, he had to paint it a certain way. And then he had him wax a car, you know, waxing the wax on one way, waxing it off another way. And like the main character was like, what the hell is this? I don't want to do this. But later what he learned is I needed to learn these things so I can excel and learn karate. So all of those chores that he had him do were actually exercises to prepare him to fight in the karate tournament and win. Now, the reason why I share that example is because sometimes you got to work certain jobs. You have to get exposure to certain work environments, certain people, certain dilemmas in order to learn how to handle those things on a much lower level before you can excel and get to that higher level. You need to master those things. You need to have had some exposure with how to handle difficult people, how to handle these type of high-risk situations, how to handle being a business owner and things like that by smaller examples in your current job. So before you go ditching your job to quote unquote, follow your passion, realize that some of your journey requires you to do these things. And besides, let's be practical. So we want you to follow your passion. However, that passion hopefully allows you to still be a responsible adult. So there's some things you just can't completely ignore. Now, I know if you're single and don't have any responsibilities, you can push this envelope a little bit. But for many of us, we do have to consider financial stability, job security, whether I'm doing something that makes me employable or not, something that can give me regular work hours and benefits right, for myself and my family. These are things that we have to consider. But ideally, if you keep the flame to your passion alive and understand that some of your journey has to be so you can get to that end point, you will eventually find yourself in a career, in a job where you are meeting all those practical things. So you're able to pay the bills and take care of the family and the friends and you know go on trips and enjoy that life while still following your passion. Now, and I'm going to use myself as an example here because I've gotten several questions about, you know, Nurse Alice, how is it that, you know, you went from nursing to being a television medical correspondent? Now, I love what I do. I really love what I do. And I actually consider being a TV personality or a TV medical contributor, health expert, whatever you want to call it, an extension of what I do in nursing. Now, I'm going to go ahead and be honest and transparent. I am not thrilled about long shifts in a busy ER in an ICU, not like I used to be. But I think that's because over time, and as we get older, as we mature, as we see more, as we do more, as we experience the world, it's not uncommon for your interests, your hobbies, your tastes, and even your passion to change over time. So even if this means you're wanting to pursue a career in something that you've never dreamt about um, back when you were in school. So while I was going back to school, you know, I started as a CNA to LVN to associate's degree nurse 
to bachelor's degree nurse, to a master's degree clinical nurse specialist, and a post-master's family nurse practitioner. Yes, I love taking care of patients. And the fire in my belly for being the best cardiac nurse in the world still exists. And I actually went from, because as a CNA and an LVN, I worked in long-term uh, subacute care. Uh, from went from there to acute, uh, acute care, critical care, and emergency medicine, and then becoming a family nurse practitioner, like bringing all the way around full circle to primary care. Like that was my journey. I learned the full circle of patient care as a, providing a patient care and being a practitioner for someone with cardiovascular needs. Other needs too, but you know, yes, I know what to do if your uh, heart stops, you go into VTAC, BFib, torsades, and you know, if you're in advanced heart failure, what to do in the hospital, the drips and everything, the surgeries that we need to do, I got you, got it down. But then also bringing that full circle. So as a primary care provider, now being able to ward those things off by making sure that I'm taking care of you properly on the outpatient setting. So that's great, right? Um, but still, I kind of had this burning desire to always teach and talk to people. I love to talk to people before they become my patients. So people ask me back to the you know TV stuff, how did you become a medical correspondent on television? How did you get on TV? Listen, I never, ever, 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 ever in a million years thought I would be on television doing any of that. Some people ask me, were you an actress? Were you a model? And um, thank you for thinking that I have that skill set, but I don't. I just love patient teaching. I love patient teaching. And again, inspired by my own story, my dad, I don't feel like he got enough community outreach. I don't think he got enough patient education. Providers definitely didn't share with the family. And so I felt like there was such a gap there. And that was what drove my passion to be the best cardiac nurse in the world. So while on my journey, you know, going from uh, acute care to critical care to emergency medicine to primary care, learning that full circle of how to truly care for patients in immediate need, and then how to help ward off things, a very instrumental part of that was education, 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 talking to people, answering their questions, even if they ask the same question a million times in a million different ways, helping people to digest very complex pieces of information. I would break it down, incorporate health literacy, and educate them in a way where it was non-threatening, where they felt comfortable, where they where they felt open and that, oh, I can ask Nurse Alice. She's not going to you know scold me. She's not going to make me feel bad. She's not going to use all these big words. She's going to use practical examples and information that I understand, that granddaddy understands, that Lola understands, that abuela understands, right? And so because I had that skill set of being able to talk to different groups of people in very engaging ways, you know, memorable to them that they actually enjoyed and found sometimes even entertaining, that's how I segued into television. So I started at healthcare events, health fairs with American Heart Association, you know, getting there. Nobody wanted their blood pressure taken, but when I would rotate to that station, everybody would get their blood pressure taken. And part of that started with me just being open and walking like, hey, sir, how you doing? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Is this your family right here? Hey, family, come on. You guys want to get your blood pressure taken? Let's find out. Let's do a family blood pressure taking thing. You know, whatever it took to get people engaged, to feel comfortable, break the ice and build that trust so they would come to the blood pressure station, take everybody's blood pressure, and then... It never failed. Somebody had high blood pressure. And so we, I would talk about what that means and what we got to do. And I would elicit the help of the family, talk about some practical tips. And 
it seemed very natural to me. And someone from American Heart Association saw me. They're like, Alice, you seem really good with the people. Um, you know, I've been listening to you, you know, really punchy, catchy things, things that make sense and easy to understand. Um, would you mind coming on the radio and talking about how to be heart healthy during the holidays? So I did that, came on KJLH radio. I was invited back. You know, can you talk about the signs of a stroke and, you know, when they need to seek care? So I did that. And I started to do more speaking events and radio events for American Heart Association. And then the radio station, because I was so informed and made things so simple and easy for not only the listeners, but for the producers. Like I would give them information like, here, you want to mention these stats? This would be a good intro. It just seemed really natural. For Nobody ever told me what to do. I don't know. It's just natural. It's just like I like breathing air to me. Those producers would then, you know, if anyone knows anything about the media industry, producers move around from company to company, from radio to television and things like that, to digital. And I kind of just started meeting people. They would bring me, they would invite me for, um, to come talk about certain health issues. And then producer friends would talk to their producer friends when they were looking for some health, some a health expert. And I kind of found myself and then I created a website, started blogging. That's when blogging just first started. And so then I was searchable on the internet and I just eventually started landing television shows from Dr. Oz, The Doctors, Dr. Drew, Fox News, Fox and Friends, uh, KTLA, NBC, CNN, HLN, TV One. Like I was popping. And I, but this is the thing, and I'm not bragging, but I'm just saying I loved doing this. I literally loved doing it. It was no sweat off my back. I was very comfortable with the content and the material. I was very comfortable with teaching patient. I was extremely clinically experienced and knowledgeable so I can handle any type of curveballs that, you know, anchors or interviewers would try to throw me. You know, the more I started to do, again, being that sponge, wanting to do my best and be the best at all times, I started to take journalism classes. I started to take broadcast classes. I started to take, you know, any class, speech classes, the art of the interview type of classes, anything that would help me be a better guest or for these type of shows. And that is a prime example of how I kind of followed my passion. Now, mind you, only 10% of on-air contributors usually get paid. Now, when I first started doing this media stuff, was I getting paid? Nope, not at all. It was all community service. It was free 99, free, free, free. But as nurses, you know, we're so accustomed to giving information and talking to our patients. You know, I'm on the clock as a nurse, but on television initially, I wasn't getting paid. But it was an opportunity and experience where you know, if you're really following your passion, these are things that you would do even if you didn't get paid. And I loved the opportunity. And I'm not gonna lie. It was fun. It was fun. And a little bragging rights there of like, oh, I was on television. I mean, come on. We've all had those moments, right? But the the more I started to become come on television, the more I started to establish credibility. I was already credible as a healthcare provider, but as a on-air talent, and I learned the art of how to pitch stories, how to produce segments and those type of things added to my toolkit and made this whole thing a lot easier for television shows and radio shows. And so as that evolved and I got to do more, I eventually got to the point where I asked to get paid. Now, was that easy at first? No, it was not easy. And let me tell you, it was nothing at all like a nurse's salary, but I was so passionate about this and I felt like I was doing the work that I was destined to do because I told myself, I'm going to be the best cardiac nurse in the world. I'm not going to, I'm going to help prevent people from 
experiencing issues like I did, my family did with my dad and, you know, I'm going to service the community. And I had all of these things that I wanted to do. And I think that's what carried me for several years while keeping my day job or night shift job. Um, So that's what I mean by don't cut your journey short by thinking, I'm just going to ditch this job and jump over here when you haven't had the opportunity to ripen into what you need to be so you can excel in your passion. So I say that to say, I didn't quit my day job. I kept practicing as a nurse while I was working on television, eventually got to the place where I am a regular contributor and now get paid for my television services, which means the world to me because I don't know about you, but I don't know too many nurses on television who get paid. Matter of fact, I don't know too many nurses who are on television, reoccurring health experts. I'm so thankful for that opportunity. And it has been a great journey, such a great journey for me. And I wanted to share that story because I want people to follow their passion, find what it is that's important to them and realize that over time, your passion and your interests may change. While you're doing that, it's important that, you know, we still got to do this adult thing, right? We still got bills to pay. So don't cut yourself short of learning opportunities and exposure by quitting your job and automatically jumping into something you've never done before. Because I want you to be successful. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard the term, keep working full-time and doing your passion part-time until the part-time becomes a full-time. Something to that effect. And that's exactly what I did. Now, I know some some people, you've heard things out there like, I just quit my job and I now I'm selling real estate full-time and I love it. Well, that's great. That's great. And some people will, you know, will fly like an eagle. They will soar. Some of y'all will not. And I don't want anybody to nosedive. So I think with this podcast, I just really wanted to emphasize to people, please still follow your passion. And if you find yourself in a position where you don't feel like you're growing, you feel stuck, or you're starting to dislike your work, I want you to reevaluate. What are you most passionate about? Because a mentor once told me, wherever there's a problem, you as a nurse can be the solution. So sometimes it takes reinventing yourself, but don't throw away all of the experience and knowledge that you have. Take that and add it to your tool belt and use that to excel into your next profession. Now I'll say this, let's say you are a nurse and then now you want to be open a bakery. As a baker, you're going to know so much about nutritional value and things, all of these other things that you can add to your business. You, you know, keep that in mind when you're making recipes and how to make things healthier and, you know, all of those things. So I would say this, you know, being a nurse has afforded me so much knowledge and opportunities that can be translatable into so many different areas. It could be in the area of finance helping people to be smarter about how they spend their healthcare dollar into education. I can teach nurses or I can teach the general public things about how to be healthier. I can go into something like politics um, where I've taken, you know, nursing and my, the nursing process, right? Assessment, diagnose, plan, interventions and evaluations. I can take that process and apply it to politics. I could take it even to sanitation, knowing what I know about infection control, I could be the best sanitation director and make sure that, you know, we're keeping things clean in, you know, in our sewers, in our, you know, trash waste centers and preventing infections. Like there's just so much, there's so much, but had I not been a nurse, I wouldn't have this knowledge and this skill set that would have been able to thrust me into this world 
of television and media because it's definitely built onto that. I would not be on television without the nursing experience, without the nursing knowledge and all of those things. Those times where I've had very difficult, difficult patients, where I've had very sick, sick patients, little resources. I've had to literally make a dollar out of 15 cents in some situations, but it's that struggle. It's that experience. Now, don't, don't listen. Now, I'm not saying Nurse Alice wants you to struggle. No, but what I am saying is everybody's going to struggle just a little bit, but you have to know what that feels like. You have to know, not that I want you to hit rock bottom, but you have to know pretty close what it feels like to be pretty close to rock bottom to know you don't want to be there. And that's going to help you develop your problem solving, help you to get creative about, you know what, this is a place I don't want to be. How can I take what I've done, what I've learned, what I know, and apply it to what I'm most passionate about and find those parallel experiences, parallel knowledge, so you can take what you've done thus far and apply it to that. I can tell you now, there's plenty probably of doctors, nurses that are listening to this that you don't want to do direct patient care. You don't want to work in the clinic. Now you're doing it now because you got bills to pay. And while you're doing it, enjoy it, love it. But if you ever get to the point where you hate it, that is a time where you need to start thinking about what is my passion? How can I take what I've learned and what I've done so it's not a waste? I don't want you to waste all of that, those student loans, um, that money you spent on school, all of that time. Don't just throw it out, but think about it. How can I recycle or use that information and pivot? How do you pivot to continue following your evolving passion? That's what I want. That's what I want for you. So guys, I hope this episode has been helpful. I hope it's been an inspiration. You guys asked me these questions in my DM. So I wanted to do a podcast on it. Make sure to please share this podcast with a friend, a colleague, a classmate, someone you care about, someone who might need a little uplifting message because they might feel stuck in their career. You're never really stuck, okay? You can pivot at any time. Sometimes we just need a little guidance, a little inspiration. And I hope that I've empowered you um, and rejuvenated some of y'all who are feeling like, you know what, this is it. It's not it. As long as you're following your passion and as long as there are people, you can provide solutions. And that goes for people who aren't even nurses or doctors or in healthcare. If you have a question for me, uh, want to send me a comment, please email me at nursealice at nursealice.org. As well, please like, rate, review the podcast. It's really helpful, helps us to stay on the charts and gets the podcast out there even more to viewers. And I love talking to y'all all the time. I mean, you guys are why this podcast exists. So listen, if you have any questions or comments, you, again, you can email me or hit me up on social at Ask Nurse Alice and um, make sure to check out nurse.org. Tons of great information there, especially if, you know, along this topic, if you're looking to pivot, um, if you're struggling with finding your motivation, trying to figure out what can I do next um, with what information and knowledge that I have, go to nurse.org. Tons of ideas there. And thanks to them because you know what? They love nurses. They support us. And listen, without them, this podcast wouldn't be here for you guys. Okay, guys. So until next time, I want y'all to please make good choices, be kind to one another, and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.